in March 2013, it was four days before my son's fourth birthday, and I stepped on the scale, and it, it said 397 pounds, and it scared me. I knew that I was on a fast track to a heart attack by the time I was 35. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Happy weekend. Glad you are here listening to the Run the Riot podcast. Real quick, before we get started, I want you to go and check out the Outlaw Race Series. Yes, the Outlaw Race Series in Oklahoma and Southern Kansas. You need to check that out. It includes the Flat Rock Triple Crown. Those are the ones in uh, South Kansas. The Lake McMurtry Run, the Flower Moon Ultra, and the Dark and Dirty. That's coming up on July 11th. Now, these are great trail runs put on by great people uh and some of these are pretty technical trails uh you heard me talk before about the outlaw 100 who people that have done it have said wow that is a tough tough race a lot of rocks a lot of very technical you want a challenge sign up for the outlaw 100 check it out outlaw 100 that's the outlaw and the number 100.com check that out also uh check out t8.run this is running gear designed by ultra runners for ultra runners. Specifically, their their flagship product is the the Commando shorts. Man, these things are so comfortable and guaranteed to keep your areas <laughs> chafe free. So go to T8, that's the number 8 dot run and uh if you put in 50 dash run the riot, you get a discount. So check that out guys. Um now, on to today's podcast. Today, we have a man by the name of Gary Stotler. Gary Stotler is half the man he used to be, just about. Um, there was a time when Gary Stotler weighed, he got on the scale and weighed almost 400 pounds. And uh, we get to talk about his journey from 400 pounds to running the Leadville 100. Yeah, you got that right. He went from 400 pounds and lost the weight, and we talk about that. But not only that, but also his, his not only his physical transformation, but also his mental transformation. And so I want you to hear that, man. He's, he's had a, an amazing journey. He's still on a journey, as we all are. And um, just uh, be inspired. You might be thinking right now that, you, you, man, you're up against something so big that you can't, you can't overcome it. Well, just look at somebody who did, who saw possibility and did. And uh, you know what? You can too. So check it out. Here we go. Gary Stotler. All right. Well, today on the Run the Riot podcast, we've got a gentleman. Um, he's in Colorado right now by the name of Gary Stotler. Welcome to the program, Gary. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. So let me tell you, let me tell you when I first um, encountered you. All right. This is my I'm from Louisiana originally. All right. And I, I went back to Louisiana and I did the um, uh, Louisiana Marathon. And there was this guy who had who ran the marathon i believe the whole marathon with hulk hands on and i was dressed as batman so i mean (laughs) (laughs) so that was you right that was me not just the hands i had the whole i had the whole giddy up on (laughs) yeah yeah i related to that 100 percent because i i uh yeah i was dressed as batman and 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 boston qualified dressed as batman (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome that's yeah Yeah. So anyway, I, I saw you then and, and you were interacting with a lot of people I knew and then um, somehow saw you online. And then I was like, oh, that's that guy. And because uh, I saw your pictures of you dressed up as the Hulk and uh, just started to, you know, uh, follow you and, and, and saw your story. And I was like, wow, this 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 guy's got a got an awesome story to tell. So so let's start off, man, by, um, you know, where are you from originally? Where's home? Uh, so, well, home is in the mountains now, okay, yeah. um, a couple of, about, let's see, January, 2018, I moved to Colorado from Wyoming, uh, okay. Wyoming's where I lived ever since I was a little kid. So Come on. yeah, ho- home is now the mountains of Colorado. 
Nice. Well, uh, so so what was your? What were, I, I don't I don't know hardly anything about Wyoming. What was your What was your upbringing life like in Wyoming? What's What's Wyoming like, man? <laughs> um. Well, I lived in a small farming community, about three thousand people, and so okay. there wasn't much to do, uh, which ultimately led to drinking in high school, and you know, pretty much just kind of doing whatever. And then uh, I graduated college or graduated high school, went to college in Laramie, which is it's a little bit it's well, it's quite a bit bigger than uh, Wheatland and just never left uh, left after I graduated college there. Um, it's a beautiful place. Um, there's there's mountains, there's desert, there's everything in between when you're in Wyoming. So it just kind of depends on which part of the state you're in. Uh, for me growing up, I went to the swimming pool and I played sports and that was about the extent of my outdoor activities. Yeah. So what, what sports did you do, uh, you know, growing up? Uh, I was a lineman, um, okay. humongous lineman. So played a lot of football through shot and disc. Cause that's what you were, what you did when you were 300 pounds. And, uh, I tried to wrestle, uh, okay. for a couple of years, got hurt every single year. <laughs> oh, man. Um, my senior year I actually had to cut 40 pounds to make heavyweights. Um, <laughs> So yeah, wrestling was not my forte. Um, <laughs> I was an all-state warm-up catcher in uh, baseball, so okay. you know, I didn't get to play, but um, I caught a lot of warm-up catch. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, football was definitely my passion. I mean, I was I was a big guy, and that was what you're supposed to do when you're a big guy. So uh, well, that's what I tried to do. Well, I wrestled in high school, but I was on the other end of the spectrum. I, I wrestled. Uh, I was 103, 105, 109, 112, and then a whopping 119 man so you know, it's like, <laughs> man, that's like my left leg <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that that was that was then uh put on a little bit since then but um so so you were you were just always a big guy then i was always a big guy from the time i don't from the time i can remember i was i was a i was a big kid big yeah kid. yeah so so you uh would you you went to college would you end up going to college for to party <laughs> it was the best seven years ever. I loved it. Every single minute of it. Um, I think they gave me a piece of paper just because they were tired of taking my money. So uh, I yeah. let them, whatever yeah, you want to yeah, do. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sensing a, a theme here, you know, uh, growing up in a small town and, and partying, go to college to be continued, you know, partying. Um, and, and so evidently Somewhere, I mean, what'd you do right after college? Uh, so I graduated college December of 2008. Um, okay. It was like two, two, three months after the stock market crashed. So, okay. uh, you know, being a genius, I had two job offers. One was McDonald's and one was selling cars. And what do you, <laughs> when you're shy, you have no people skills, you have no business skills, you take the job selling cars. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. the, like in what became the Great Recession at the time. So um, it, uh, at the time, it didn't seem like the smartest thing ever, but it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. So R really, really? How, how so, man? So three months into the car business, I hadn't sold the car. Um, okay. I was about to, my first son was about to be born. And so, I, you know, like three months in, I was like, all right, I, maybe I should go to McDonald's. Like maybe, maybe that's what I should do. So I walked into my boss's office. I was like, one, one last ditch ever. And I was like, do you have a book, you know, anything that will teach me how to sell a car? And he tossed me a book and he's like, yeah, here, read this. And so I sat down and I read it and I read the whole book cover to cover. Um, yeah. Seven years of college, never finished a book. And I read this one book in eight <laughs> hours. First book I'd ever finished in my entire life. And it changed my entire life. It changed the trajectory of the rest of my life. Um, it was called uh, Selling the Secret to Success uh, by a guy named Grant Cardone. He was, uh, he was getting, like he was just starting his, uh, like his uh, coaching and um stuff like that. But he had been in the car business for like eight, 10, 15 years. We were using the top 1%, but he wrote a book on how to sell yourself, how to sell th your way through life. And it changed everything for me. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. So three months of, and, and so, so you, you read the book and you start putting this into practice, I guess. Right. I mean, yeah. So I read the book and the very first thing that I picked up is, um, this guy and I, our backstory was like identical. Um, we both grew up in poor families. Uh, we both grew up 
you know, stupid for lack of a better term. We didn't really care. We didn't apply ourselves. Uh, drug, alcohol problems. Um, no real, no real people skills. No real skills in life. Um, graduated college with a worthless degree. Tons of student debt. And we both started in the car business during the worst financial times. <laughs> absolutely, uh, think about starting in the car business. But um, you know, so he like I, I really identified with his story. And he like hit the, his only thing was get really uh, get as smart as you can read as much as you can learn as much as you can become the best people person and learn to sell and you can do whatever you want to do in life. And so I was like, well, if he can start where he was, which I identified with and he can become a millionaire, why can't I? And so from that day forward, I was like, okay, so I read one book. Now what's next? And so I walked into my boss's office, handed him that book. I was like, do you have another book? He handed me another book. And that became the theme of the next seven years of my life. You know, I would walk in and I would give the book back and my boss would give me a new book. I'd read it. And it just became this theme. And I just, I read a lot um, from that day forward. And I turned myself in from not selling a single car into uh, the number one salesperson for like six, seven years uh, into a sales manager and um, kind of just changed the trajectory of the rest of my business career. Wow. So like, I mean, just, it opened you up to a possibility, right? I mean, just, yeah, <laughs> he just That's saw exactly that. Yeah. what it was. Yeah, I just I, I saw somebody that started at the very bottom and put himself at the top. I was like, well, if he can do it, um, he's you know we're no different. Our backstory is the same, so screw it, I can do it too. And so yeah. I just I worked really hard at uh, at all of those things. Well, and, and that's that's another part of it too. Like you 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 were open to the possibility. I think a lot of people want that that quick. Uh, lottery type, you know, but it opened you to the possibility, but you just said the magic word. You worked for it after that, you know, I worked for it, you know, every single day. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, so, you know, and and I I love hearing, you know, people just, just grow and, 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 and learn and and turn around in their lives because I, I, you know, I hear a lot of people that say that, you know, this person, ah, they're, you know, they're, there's no, then they're never going to amount to anything. And, and, you know, that's a lie. You know, anybody can, can turn themselves around. I think anybody can, can, can grow and do and change their lives. And one of the things that I love about the sport that we're in is you get out what you put in. And that's like, a it's a huge metaphor for life, man. And so what you're saying right there is like, you know, it's right on, you know, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, what's crazy is everything I learned in business is how I lost the 200 pounds and how I taught myself to run hundred miles. It was, it was literally, I, I still, I mean, until I got my personal training certificate, I had never read a book on fitness and health. It wow. was all from business books, sales books, just normal personal development books. It was just, you know, do pick one thing, get really good at it and then just grow from there. And it worked for me. So, yeah, that's crazy. So, so, okay. So tell me about, tell me about this journey. Uh, you were, you were, you were still a big guy and, um, that, when did this happen? You know, when did this happen that you decided you needed to change, you know, yourself physically and your lifestyle? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. So I was in the car, I uh, started car business December of 08. Um, up until 2012, I was extremely focused on business. Um, and then in the car business, the the lifestyle is not the healthiest. So um, I gained, I, I bet I gained 100, 125 pounds while I was in the car business, just because you're, you know, you're always grabbing something quick at lunch and you're drinking and you're out, you know, you, everything is sporadic and everything is just go, go, go work 60, 70 hours a week. And just, you know, you, you bust your tail and, you get yeah. rewarded for busting your tail, but um, you know I already had poor lifestyle habits, and it just kind of compounded in the negative uh, direction. And so uh, it was two thousand. It was uh, October two thousand and twelve, and I went to a social media conference in Vegas, and I got to actually meet Grant Cardone. I went to uh, one of his seminars, hour long, lights out. And the guy was just phenomenal. And I got so excited. So I went to the expo um, where he was selling his his online training. It just came out. And I went down. And I introduced myself. And um, I told him, thank you. You know, he had, he had helped me make a lot of money. And for 30 seconds, I was the most important person in the world to this guy. 
And I mean, genuine, just absolutely. He treated me like a billionaire for 30 seconds. And then he politely excused me. He kind of moved on to his next person. Um, but I sat there and I watched him. I was like, man, this guy's energy, everything that he has is just absolutely phenomenal. I want to be like him. So I ran back to my hotel room. I wrote down all of my goals. And I knew that one of the things that I was going to have to change was my lifestyle. I mean, I was, I was still on my way up at this point. I was like 375, 380. And I knew that losing weight and getting more energy was one of those things I was going to need to do. So October 2012, I actually set the goal that I was going to make a positive change in my physical lifestyle. Um, and then hard times hit. Um, you know, I, I went through a, a set of personal issues. Um, so over the next six months, instead of, you know, losing the weight, um, I actually gained even more weight. And March 2013, it was four days before my son's fourth birthday and I stepped on the scale and it, it said 397 pounds and it scared the out of me. I knew that I was on a fast track to a heart attack by the time I was 35. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, I was so scared. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to do it, but I knew that I had to do something. Because if I didn't, I wasn't going to see my kids graduate high school. Yeah. And the most logical thing I could do was take a walk around the block. So that's what I did. <laughs> I I went around one block the very first day. Yeah. And I just made a commitment that I was going to I was going to walk around the block every single day. And so I did. Walked around the freaking block. Yeah. <laughs> started started a one tiny good habit, huh? It's just started one one step in the right direction, and it changed changed the rest of my entire life. Wow, wow. And and so so what was your? I mean, so you started every day that one habit. You know, that, that tiny, I read a book called tiny habits. That's why it's in my brain, <laughs> but, but that one habit and, 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 and then built on that, huh? Yeah. So, um, there's, there's the compounding, the idea of compounding interest or, you know, the compounding penny, you just, the penny compounds every single day and you just, you just do that. And so that's what I did. I went one block one day, two blocks the next four, eight, 16. And six months later I was walking five miles a day. And it was just part of what I did every single day. And I, I started portion controlling my food. Um, I ate out of a, out of a little four ounce salsa bowl and I just retaught myself how much food that I needed to, to be full. And, uh, I, I continued reading and then I got really good. Like I would go for a walk and I would just put my personal development on while I was walking. So I'd get two things that I would start maximizing my time. And, um, I was, you know, I was, I was reading a book a week. I was walking five miles a day. Um, I retaught myself how to eat, um, like volume wise. And then I started teaching myself like better food choices and it all just, it all like these tiny little things just all started to fit together and started to compound and on each other. And so for an entire year, I didn't take a running step walking only. And I lost 110 really? pounds just really? walking alone. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, for an entire year, I just walked nothing, nothing special, nothing fancy, no gym membership, just simple as walking around the block and just getting really damn good at walking around the block. Wow. So let me ask you this, man, because, because I've always, I've, like I told you, I've been a smaller guy and, and so I, I've never been in, in those shoes. And I mean, you are a big guy, people, people around you that, that love you and know you, I mean, have you had people tell you before, like, Gary, you need, you got to take care of yourself, man. Or, you, you know, or you, you had any, you know, anybody tell you that before? Or did you, you know, or I don't know, did you deal with that <laughs> before that's that a, time? That's a great question. Um, so I was Billy Bob in college, Alpha Varsity Blues. Like I wore a cowboy hat. I got really drunk. I was a big guy. That was my identity. And so everybody mm -hmm. just knew me as the big guy that gets really drunk and he's the life of the party. And so it was, it was not only no one said anything, but it was celebrated that that was my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, my family, they always knew me as a big guy. 
And I was just like, that's who I was. It was my identity. That's how everybody knew me. And I remember one specific customer that I had, Mr. J, um, he came in to get his Tacoma serviced one day and he said something and it was kind of ruthless and I just brushed it off. But he's like, Gary, you've really let yourself go. And I was like, yeah, you know, okay, whatever. Um, that's the only point that I ever remember someone saying something about it mm. for the most part. Um, either a, nobody was, uh, had the courage to say something or I just didn't listen and I just brushed it off and kind of just let it roll. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it was a lot of who I was. And so it was just kind of accepted and celebrated. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, 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 and I guess it just, you got, you got to, and either way, even if you have people telling you, you got to get to the point where, I mean, nobody can make a decision like that for you to change your lifestyle. And I mean, change basically, if that's your identity, you're changing who you are, man, you know, you are changing. And that, that's, I mean, that's the hardest part is with when losing, when people are losing weight or becoming a runner or becoming a CrossFitter, like becoming, like changing their lifestyle in a healthy way. Um, part of changing, it is changing who you are to the core, because if I love pizza and you know, the likelihood that you're going to lose 200 pounds without changing something to do with pizza is going to be very difficult. I mean, it's, you can still eat pizza. I'm not going to take it away from you, but <laughs> yeah. it's going to yeah. be more difficult to eat a large pizza. Just or not to all eat. the pizza. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really hard to change that identity part of you. Um, and you know, so one thing that I want to hit real quick is, uh, that's one of the most common questions I, I get asked as a coach and as a person is, I have so-and-so in my family or I have so-and-so that's a friend and they have a weight problem or they have a drinking problem or a drug problem. Um, how do I get their attention? And I wish that there was a magical answer to that yeah. because I wish you could just walk up and say, Hey, John, like you got a weight problem, man. Like, can we do something about it? Um, but it's not that easy because being the person on this end, I would have brushed that off. I would have been like, screw you. Like, this is just, this is how everything is. Everything is going to be okay. Um, but you know, for a lot of people, friends, family members, we look out for those other people in our life. I'm like, we're worried about you. Um, um, so that's that, it's that weird little place where we want to say something, but what do we say? How do we do it? Um, and I wish there was a magic answer, that, uh, but there's not. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so you, you changed your eating, you, you, you know, you lost all that over a hundred pounds just walking. And then, and then what was, what changed after that? Cause you said you just walked and then, then you started running a little bit, huh? I did. So, um, I was married at the time, uh, okay. when I was going through all this and, uh, Nikki, uh, my wife at the time, she had, she heard of this thing called the couch to 5k. And so I, she, like, she downloaded this app or this plan or whatever it was. And I watched her and it was incredible. Every single day she had something to do and she did it. Um, she started walking and then like, she would come home and she would celebrate. She's like, I ran a block today. You know, I ran a couple blocks today. She, uh, you know, her and I both were very embarrassed of our weight. And so being outside, like I would walk in the dark, she would go in the backyard cause we had a decent sized backyard and she wore a path in the backyard, uh, cause we had a privacy fence, but she would be like, Hey, you know, I did 10 laps today or I did 15 or 20 laps today. And it was so inspiring. Like I watched her, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. If she can do this, I can do this. Um, not because I'm better than her, but because, you know, we started in a very similar place, you know, we, we started from absolutely nothing. And so I, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out and on my walk, I'm going to run a block today. And so I went out, it was super early. It was super cold. I was all dressed up. I was like, okay. So it, it took me a while I, like to get the courage up to do it. And it, I'll never forget it because it was dark and I was going down a dirt path in between some warehouses, um, down to like a, a path down by the river. And I like, I was like, okay, here we go. So I started running. And like the second that I took that first step, like I had this, this pain through my body and it was hard and it was a struggle. And I was like, okay, like just keep going, keep, keep going, just keep going. 
And then right as I was about ready to be at a block, I heard some noises and I heard some voices coming from one of the warehouses. And there was a bunch of guys out there smoking and joking. And I was like, man, you can't stop. Like, you can't let them see you. You can't do this. And so I started to go just a little bit farther. And all of a sudden, like, my breath went away and the pain through my body and like this awful, awful feeling of, you know, just devastation started to come. And then the thought of being embarrassed that they were going to see me quit. And so when I got out of, out of the way of them, I stopped and I could barely breathe. My body hurt. And like, I just, I busted up into tears and I was like, Oh my gosh, I've worked so hard to do all of this work and I still can't run a block. Like, there's what's wrong with me. And, you know, I, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't, I'm not a runner. I, I'm just going to quit. Like I'm done. I'm just, I'm perfectly happy walking. And so I just, for two miles home, I just cried because mm. I was, I felt so worthless that, that I couldn't even run a block of all things in the entire world, yeah. you know, after all of the hard work that I had put in. And so I, I got home and I thought about it all day. I was like, you know, you, you don't need running running's worthless. Like there's no value in it. And I spent all day long talking myself out of trying again. And for whatever reason, the next day when I got up to go on my walk, I was like, you know what, here we go again. And so <laughs> I ran two freaking blocks and that's the moral of the story is don't freaking quit. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah that that two blocks um it changed everything because the second day wasn't near as hard as the first and the third wasn't near as hard as the second and every single day i just got better and better and a month later i ran my first mile straight without walking without stopping and six months later i ran my first five miles like non-stop it was father's day and I'll never forget that day. It was like one of the, to this day, like that five mile run, um, I finished Leadville a couple of times and I would still, like, I still look at that first five mile run as like one of the happiest moments of my life because it, it was the first day that I really felt like I had achieved something great. That's, that's awesome, man. You know, I tell a lot of people when they, when they hear what, you know, the, the distances that we run and they were like, you know, and, and man to 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 a lot of people what they have to go through to get to 5 miles is like us train you know it's like me training for a 100 miler and it's it's awesome and it's amazing you know and and so uh I'll never belittle anybody for running any distance cuz you know it's we've all, we're all on different paths man and uh I love hearing you say that you know at 5 miles that was that was a long time in the come you know in the making and a lot of sweat and <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, you know, so when I, when I finished Leadville the first time, it took me somewhere around 166,000 steps to finish, (laughs) but the same size step that got me across that finish line is the same size step that got me off my couch at 400 pounds. I just had to teach myself to take another one and another one and another one, one after another, after another, no different to, you know, a hundred miles, no different than a block, no different than the first step. It's all the same size step. It's just a matter of which step we're in, in, in each of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's it. So, uh, so you, you, you got up to five miles and then, and what happened from there? Did you start doing some, some, some racing and some, some things like, when did you get the confidence to start running in the daylight, man? <laughs> uh, so I, that first, that five miles, I did run that one in the daylight. Nice. Uh, and you know what's funny is like i didn't even know what racing was i was literally running for the pure joy of just running and so nikki was she wanted to run a half marathon and i heard her talking about it and she was telling me about her like she was going to do this training plan and all this and she was going to run it with a friend i was like awesome and then her friend backed out on her and she was telling, like, she was devastated that she was going to do this thing. So without even thinking about it, I was like, oh, I'll do it with you. <laughs> and then my second question, or my, I guess my first question was, how long is a half marathon? <laughs> She's like, it's 13 miles. And I'm like, five plus 13, like, that's a long yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. um, but I committed. And so uh, we did, we ended up, we ended up training together for a little bit and then we ran eight eight of the 13 miles together and then her knee started to hurt 
And so we kind of broke off for that last uh, five miles. And I'll never forget when I crossed the finish line, it was this feeling of accomplishment that I had never, ever felt in my entire life. And I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> and so I crossed the finish line of that half marathon. And I was like, it took me a couple months of like really thinking about it. But I was like, man, a half marathon. I, want, I just wonder if I can run a marathon. And sure enough, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. So I signed up for a marathon. I finished it. And, uh, about six months later, and then, um, I, a month later I ran 31 miles for my 31st birthday, which was like, I literally just went to the mountains, turned on my watch, ran 31. Oh, the funny thing is like, after I finished my marathon, I Googled what's longer than a marathon because I didn't (laughs) know that there was this thing called an ultra marathon. Yeah. And it said, yeah, an ultra marathon, it's 31 or it's 50 K 31 miles. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to be 31. Like, why not? So I I went to the mountains, I turned on my watch, I ran 31 miles. I turned my watch off. I got in the car and I went home and I was like, okay, I did that. Now what's next? (laughs) So how far, how far, what was your weight at when you, when you did the first, uh, first, your, your half marathon and marathon, how much had you gone down? Um, that first, the first half marathon, I think I'd lost somewhere around uh, 150, 175 pounds, something like that. So, um, I was into the two twenty fives, two forties, um, at that point in time. And then my first marathon, I was around 210, 220. So um, I was pretty much done with my weight loss at that point in time when I was to that point. Although my body has – so I've been around 2 to 220 for the past, uh, I don't know, like four years now. But my body has continued to change um, just more and more and more. And I've went – you know gone through different phases of muscle building and you know you a different body for running quicker marathons than running you know endurance and all that fun stuff so um i haven't stepped on a scale in a really long time so i don't even know uh, yeah yeah well you get to the point where you're the scale is is, it's more the mirror or you know or how you feel and and you know if you feel healthy and strong and fast and all those things you know then than than what you see on the scale because you know muscle weighs more than fat <laughs> right yep yeah. exactly yeah so so you, you your first ultra was um was out in the mountains by yourself the the gary stotler 50k <laughs> that's what it was uh and that was i had never run i had never been into trail running i had done all roads until that day and that was the day i was introduced to this thing called trail running like i found it on accident all of these things just kind of just dropped into my life on complete accident. That's awesome, man. When you first run in the mountains though, it's, it's a hook, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Like just being above 10,000 feet was, uh, there's just something special about it. Um, most people, they, they talk about the elevation and they're like, Oh yeah. Like my, my heart rate goes up and I can't breathe. And I'm like, man, I get to 10,000 feet. My heart rate drops. And it's like, I'm just home. Like I just, <laughs> I don't, I'm so comfortable there. So um, I guess I'm very lucky. Uh, cause yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. suffocate like everyone else does. Yeah. 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 You're, you're lucky. You're lucky. I bet when I get out there, I have to, I have to make sure I'm in really good shape. Cause I'm going to suffer a little bit. When I, when <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you did, you did that. And then, um, what, what's going on in your life, you know, during this time? So you, you, you did half marathon, marathon, or where, where, which, what's going on in your life there? Are you working still at the, are you still at the car dealership then or? Um, let's see. So ah, that's a good question. Um, when I ran my first marathon, I, I had moved out of the car business and I was in insurance at that time. Okay. Um, and what's crazy is one of the reasons I left the car business is so I could spend more time training. Because oh, wow. I, I, wanted, I wanted a Monday through Friday, eight to five, so I could go do stuff on the weekends. Uh, so that was one of the, I gave up a large portion of income uh, yeah. to be able to change my lifestyle that way. But it ended up being great. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I trained for my first marathon in insurance. And then I trained for my first 50 when I was in insurance. And then I, I ended up going back to the car business Um while I was training for my first hundred, I was in the car business. So, um, yeah, I, I went back for the money. Not going to lie. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was damn good. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I missed the money in the car business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, but then, if you're in the car business, you end up missing the mountains. So <laughs> you end up missing the mountains. And, uh, I'd rather be broke living out of my tent uh, in the yeah, mountains, yeah. Uh, living in a mansion, not doing yeah. any of this stuff. Yeah. So, so I mean. It sounds like you're, you're so far, I mean, it, your life is just, you kept, kept getting open to these possibilities, you know, you, 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 you read about, you read this book from this guy who was where you were and then is, 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 you know, making all this money and you're like, wow, that's possible. I can do it. And you start doing it and then you start seeing, you know, you make a decision to change your life based upon that and then your wife's doing stuff you're like oh i can do that you know and, and like you just these possibilities what's longer than a marathon ultra marathon they have that are right, people okay i can do that <laughs> isn't that cool i mean just and, and nothing's changed like at that moment from the day before physically but it's 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 all in your it's in your head something clicks you know like yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, so there's this silly movie um, with Jim Carrey called Yes Man. <laughs> and I can't tell you anything from the movie other than the guy just says yes. Yeah. And I was like, you know, like the more the more you you take a step and then you can see a little bit more and then you take another step. And as long as you just keep saying yes to that next step, this whole entire world opens up. And yeah. whether it's running, whether it's business, whether it's fitness, family, like whatever it is, if you just take that next step forward, you you see another step and you see another way. And you, like you were we're life is nothing but a bunch of choices. And the more we are, the more aware we are of each of these choices, the better off we are, because you can say, OK, I want to do this. So I go that way. If you don't like it, you just turn around and come back and then you start going the other way. Like, yeah. who cares? <laughs> yeah. There's there's no wrong answer here. And so I just, you know, I start, I got a little bit better physically, got a little better mentally, got a little bit better spiritually, and I got more self-confidence. And I just started saying yes, 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 yes. And to this day, I just say yes. And it yeah. seems to be working out for me pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes to life. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, so you did, um, so what, what was your first 50? I don't remember. I looked at your ultra sign, uh, ultra sign up, but I don't remember what it was um uh silver rush was my first 50 okay i was supposed to do that this year man <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm with you man i'm with you i was supposed to do five races up there yeah. six races up there this year oh man yeah yeah well anyway we won't that that's getting <laughs> negative we, we, uh, yeah when, when that happens when things like when life happens you got to say yes to other things for a little while <laughs> yes <laughs> yes yeah. so. absolutely yeah, so um, Silver Rush was uh, my first one in 2016. Nice, nice, and um, and and I know you you're you're plugged in pretty good to to the. I mean, you love the Leadville uh, vibe and the race. And and the thing about it is, my my wife uh, lived in Leadville for 10 years in in the before before we met, and um and so I've only visited there a few times, and uh, I've done some races near near there in uh, Fair Play and stuff. And man, it's it's beautiful. I mean the air up there and it's just amazing, but I can't wait. I can't get into, I can't get into the level 100. So we were going to volunteer <laughs> and to try to get in, uh, for next year, but, uh, my wife and I, but, um, anyway, we don't have to wait another year, but I want to run that race, man. I want to be a part of it and see what it, you know, see what it's like. So tell, tell me a little bit about, uh, was Leadville your first hundred? Uh, so Leadville was not my first hundred. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, um, I fit, I went to Leadville for the 50 Okay. and it was the worst idea I've ever had in my life trying to run 50 <laughs> miles. Um, I wasn't near in good enough shape. Okay. Um, but an angel, like an angel literally came out of nowhere a week before he ended up running the race with me. I had paced him. I met him like two weeks prior. Um, I paced him for like, I don't know, like 20 miles or something at his hundred and he ended up finishing and then he came to run silver rush with me a couple weeks after his hundred so um he went the entire way with me if it weren't for him um, i wouldn't have finished and then uh so our numbers were one apart and we both put our number in the hat for because literally they draw numbers out of the hat for yeah. you know the, the coins afterward and like he was 500 and I was 501 or something. And uh, they pulled out and he, the guy was like five zero. And we're both like, it's gotta be one of us. It's gotta be one of us. And um, 
it ended up being me and I got the coin um, into Leadville for, uh, let's see, so that was 16, so for 2017. So I knew 13 months in advance I was going to run Leadville. Wow. And uh, what do you do when you're you're going to run 100 miles? You run 100 miles as practice for running 100 miles. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I ended up signing up for uh, Buffalo Run 100 in uh, Utah. So I ran that March of 2017. That was my first, first 100, first finish. Nice, nice. How How was that? It was miserable. Oh my God. I was, <laughs> I was going through a, like 2017 was probably the worst year of my life. Like really mentally, physically, spiritually. Um, yeah. End of 2016, 2017, you know, cause like we talked about the identity stuff and I had lost all this weight. I had become a runner. Um, I was in a CrossFit at this time and I was changing everything I was about who I was. And there were so many people that couldn't understand who I was becoming. They could only see who I was in the past. Mm-hmm. And I had people telling me, hey, you got to stop running. Like you're running too much. Hey, you know, you got like you're not eating enough. You know, you're going to hurt your knees. Like every like you got to stop losing weight. You got to stop running. Everything that I was becoming, they were literally it was like they were just grabbing the back of my shirt, trying to pull me back um, into my past. And so I was struggling with that. And then I was struggling with my own personal issues because let's be honest, you don't become 400 pounds and honestly, you don't run a hundred miles because everything's going right in your life. And so I was discovering things about my past that I didn't know. I didn't understand. I was becoming more just aware in life. And so I was having to deal with not only the identity issues, um, I was going through trouble in my marriage. Um, I was having an affair, which like, that's a whole nother, you know, I, part of the identity stuff. And so like I was going through all these things and I was just drinking myself. Uh, I couldn't handle it. So I was drinking a half a bottle of fireball every other day. And it was just, it was a terrible time in my life. I was super depressed and it was, it was just terrible. Um, I couldn't get out of bed. Uh, I was complete. I was just struggling every aspect of life. And so um, through 2017, I was running. I was not running for positive reasons. I was running away from my life. And so that's one reason my uh, Buffalo run was so tough for me was, you know, I started to drink fireball while I was running. Uh, I was sitting at the mile 58 station, popped open the box of fireball while they started popping blisters on my feet. And that was that was like the beginning of the end of of my life as I knew it. So I ended up finishing in March. Um, the summer of 2017, I was running, I was drinking. I just, I would go to Leadville any weekend I could possibly get away. And I was not there for healthy reasons. Like I was just, I was just, it was a pure escape for me. And I, I ended up, I mean, I got so depressed at the end of July before the race even happened. I woke up and wrote my suicide note and I was like, I'm, I'm done with this. Um, I can't handle it anymore. And, um, thankfully, like I, I sat down and I, I sat down to write my suicide note and my, my habit of journaling, which I had been building for a long time. Um, I sat down and it just like all of these feelings came out, all of these positive and negative things came out. And I just, I cried for hours and then I got in my car and drove to Leadville and I climbed Hope Pass because that was the only thing that I could think of that would would keep me from doing something stupid that day. So I, I just did it and I just, Oh God, it was a suffer fest. Uh-huh. And I got to the top of hope and I just, God, I cried and cried and cried for, I don't even know how long. And then I, I got down and I drove home and I had three weeks and I couldn't get out of bed for three weeks before the race. And it just, it sucked. It was hard. Um, but I showed up to the starting line in 2017 and uh, I quit at 1:20 in the morning at mile 70. And oh, wow. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. Really? Well, well, well tell me, tell, how was that the best thing that happened to you, man? Huh? Well, so I drank three bottles of Fireball during those 70 miles. <laughs> so that, wow. Like to this day, I don't know whether to be proud that I made it 70 miles on that much Fireball or that, like, I'm pathetic because I was drinking that much fireball during the race. Like I haven't come to terms with that yet, but, um, if I would have finished that race, I would have thought I was absolutely like indestructible because I had gone from 400 pounds to losing 200 pounds to running a hundred miles in four years, like in 
an insanely quick amount of time when you look at how much all of those changes happened. And if I would have finished Leadville, I would have, I would have been like, well, there's like, you can't touch me. I'm impossible. You know, it's impossible to, to touch me and, you know, I can do whatever I want to do. And what it did was it broke me. Like it shattered, it shattered this whole entire vision that I had built up this, um, you know, this fake life that I had built up and it broke it. And I ended up quitting. I quit drinking the next weekend um, after I, I like I ended up drinking and driving and it like it embarrassed a fire out of me. And I was like, nope, I'm done. So I quit drinking, um, which was the first new step of the rest of my life. Again, um, I quit drinking. I cleaned up all of this clutter that was in my life, all this trash. I literally sat at a coffee shop for like four hours and I just wrote down all I wrote down everything in my life. Good, bad, indifferent. And I just started crossing stuff off people, uh, actions that I was taking. And I ended up quitting my job. I moved, I cut people out of my life. I quit drinking. I quit chewing all of these things like good, bad, and indifferent. I just cut them out of my life. And I came up with a couple goals and I'm like, here's my direction. And I just, from that day forward, I said, this is what my life is going to be. If it doesn't fit in this, it's gone. It just has to be. I can't focus on all of these 20 different things anymore. Wow. so it, it made me it made me become aware of all of the things in my life that were weighing me down. All of the uh, I call it losing the weight of the mind. Like I'd lost the physical yeah. weight, but I never did anything about the five inches between my ears. <laughs> so that was that was that step that forced me to to face reality and to face the truth of what was happening. And so thankfully, I had the courage to do it, and I, I just did it. And here I am, 2020 after 2017, um, almost three years sober, and I've I've hit those three goals that I set that day. Nice. And I've got a whole new set of goals that I'm working on. So, dude, that that's that's pretty awesome. And like you know, from the outside, you look like you know, hey man, he lost all this weight, got it all together, and then but there's still the the demons, you know, <laughs> you know that that you, you you've got to deal with. Um, and and make a choice to make changes i, I it's kind of crazy that you um yeah I, I i don't know how much you know about me but my background uh, you know i was i was a pastor and went through some things or whatever but i kind of find it interesting that uh that the day you wrote your suicide note you went to hope pass you needed hope you know <laughs> you know so you just went went toward hope man <laughs> you know <laughs> it was uh, the only logical place i could think of um, yeah and uh so yeah i climbed hope and i found my sunshine yeah. Yeah. There you go, man. So, um, so you, you started taking those steps and it sounds like, I mean, just, just, uh, on your list there, I mean, the things you, you just focused on what was important or is that, is that what it was? What was important? Just simplified, you know, life, um, declutter. <laughs> so I call it clearing the clutter and every year I, I now do it after Leadville every year. Um, oh wow! So I, co- I come back in August, you know, like I run the race in August, and yeah. I come back and sit down, and I'm just like I just take a look at my life, and I just I list out everything that's going on. If it's on my mind, it goes on that list. Okay. And I just you know that so now my list is much shorter, but that very first time that I did it, it was 12 pages, like legal legal pad pages, 12 pages of things that were on my mind. And I just went through and I was like, I just went through, I wrote it all out. I was like, just start crossing stuff off. If it doesn't fit who I am, if it doesn't fit my lifestyle, if it doesn't fit my goals, um, if it's unhealthy, like drinking was an easy one. Like I knew that it was, it was unhealthy for me. Um, and I'm not against drinking. I'm not against drugs. Like that's people's choice. Um, but for me it was unhealthy. So I just, I got rid of it and I went through and I went from, so after I got done crossing everything off, I rewrote everything that was left. I went from 12 pages to four. Like that's how much stuff was like mentally weighing me down. Yeah. I was like, so I went through again, four pages. Like if it made the list, I crossed it off again. Like I just went through. And so again, I went through those four pages. I rewrote it. I went from 12 pages to four pages to one page huh. on that last, on that page. I, re- I went through and I ranked everything scale of one to 10. And I went through, I looked at it. If it was a six or less, I just crossed it off. I didn't even think about it. So I went through and I found three things on that list that were tens. I said, that's what I circled them. And I said, that's what I'm going to do. Those are the three things that I'm going to work on. And wow. 
that was I so I do that every year now after after Leadville I come back and I look at my life and I assess it and I'm like all right I got to get rid of I got to get rid of this I got to get rid of this here's where I'm headed and oh, so it man. gives me a hell of a lot more of awareness of of where I am today and where I'm I'm focused on for the next year man you say that and I, I think a lot of people I mean this this doesn't have a whole lot to do with ultra running but it's it's good stuff because I think a lot of people today we've got so much bombarding us you know, it's social media and there's always, there's always information and something that rarely do people take time to sit down and evaluate all the junk, you know, and, 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 and clear out. Um, years ago, I, I moved to Hawaii for a year and we got, I got, got rid of almost everything. We basically went with what we shipped a few things, like just boxes and then flew with some stuff. That was it. And dude, that was so therapeutic. Just getting rid of so much of the physical <laughs> clutter. And then you add the mental clutter on top of that, man. And I, I think, I think a lot, um, a lot can be said of just taking that inventory and, and, and just cleaning up, cleaning up, <laughs> simplify. I like simple, man. <laughs> Simplify. Like when, when you don't have all of these million things, you know, how often do like we, what I realize now is I'm, I have done so many things in my life because someone else wanted me to do it. Wow. And yeah. that just means that I was like suffering to make someone else happy. And when I, it turns out when I actually did what they wanted me to do, they didn't give, like they didn't care. (laughs) So I did, I put in all of this work, all this suffering for no reward. And then I was like, you know what? Screw it. This is selfish, but I got to do things that are good for me. But what's happened is I've done all of these good things for me and I've been able to give back to people that actually care at this point in time. So um, what turned out to be an extremely selfish move has been one of the most selfless things that I've ever gotten to do with my life. So uh, yeah. it's crazy. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Well, one of the hard things that, we, that we, we, we've got to learn is that when you say yes to something, you say you've, you're saying no to something else because your time is going to be occupied with whatever your time, your, your thoughts are going to be occupied. And so, you know, you're saying no to something else and it might be something else that on your list is, is one, two or three, you know, by saying, you know, yes to something that's not really important to you. Um, so yeah, priorities, man. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, so here's like, here's how I simplify it for people. Let's, let's say that life, life is a hundred pennies. Like we have a hundred percent, right? Like theoretically, yes, we'd love to give 101%, but that's not like, it's not realistic, right? right? We have a hundred pennies. So you can do a hundred different things and you can scatter those pennies everywhere, or you can stack those pennies and you can be like, all right, I'm going to take these 20 pennies here, these 20 pennies here, these 20 pennies here. And I can be more effective on five things. Or I can say, I'm going to put you know, these 50 pennies here, these 50 pennies here, and these are the two primary things I'm going to focus on. If a couple spill over here and a couple spill over there, I can handle that. At least most of my effort is headed in the positive direction. And so that's the way that I look at it. You know, I've got a hundred pennies and I'm going to put as many of those pennies in one direction as I possibly can. And I'm going to stack them in my favor. Nice. So, so you made your list, you got your focus, you got your plan and tell me how did, how did, how, how did life look after that? How did training look? What, what was your next, uh, the next year looking like? So that was, uh, that was August. Um, I quit my job in August. I got a new job. I moved. I didn't, um, I didn't train quote unquote train for like four months. Um, I ran a little bit. Um, I walked a lot. Um, I quit CrossFit literally like I didn't, I didn't give up fitness. Like I have a basic level of fitness that I just do on a daily basis. But, um, I took, I took Leadville off the table. I took racing off the table. I took everything off the table and I just focused on just getting myself back in order. So that's what I did. Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't run race, you know, train for like three, four months after that. I just focused on, I focused on getting myself in order, um, focused on getting what family I had left in order. And I just focused on getting my career kind of pointed in a somewhat decent direction. Um, so for four months, like that's what I focused on, uh, December, I ended up getting fired from my new job. I lost my apartment because of it. And I moved in with my ex-wife for like two weeks. Oh, wow. Um, and I just, I spent Christmas with my boys. And then one day I, I was like, you know what? I got to move to Colorado. And she's like, 
you you go do you like do whatever you need. <laughs> I'm so grateful and thankful that she supported me. Um, so with a full tank of gas, everything that I could fit in my car and forty seven dollars, I picked up and I moved to Denver, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I just I said yes and. I ended up finding a couch. I ended up finding a basement. I ended up finding this. I ended up finding that. And like all of these pieces just kind of, I just focus on my next step and my next step and my next step. And, you know, I met the right person. I ended up in the right place at the right time. Um, I started my coaching career. Like I got my first client and my second client and my third client and just all of these things just like stepped together. And um, I ended up, I ended up going back to Leadville. I trained for Leadville. I, I, it was crazy. Like I finished and I don't know, like this, just this one step at a time mentality that we use in running a hundred miles or running our first block I used in life. And it got me to where I am today. And I'm, I'm forever grateful and thankful that I had the courage to take that first step. Nice. Nice. Tell me, tell me, tell me how, how, how much, how different Leadville was that second time running the hundred. I mean, oh, <laughs> it was, uh, a, being sober at a hundred miles is a completely <laughs> different experience. Well, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I felt every step. I mean, there was no numbing the pain. There was there. I don't. So, um, I don't take Advil. I don't take Tylenol. I don't take. Yeah. I, I don't take anything. Um, yeah. I want to be in the moment, whatever it is. Um, just so I can be fully aware of my body. I just don't. Now that I don't have anything clouding my mind. I don't like having anything clouding my mind. So I don't yeah. do any of that stuff. Uh, so that was, um, a little bit of a suffer fest in itself. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I also figured out that I've like in 2018, I, I had to deal with demons that I didn't know were there. And so going back and putting myself in the same place and just being there, and not having anything to numb or cover the pain was an entirely different experience. Mm. And uh, I wouldn't give it back. Like, I, I suffered. I mean, I don't like to say that I suffered because I don't generally suffer when I'm running. But um, I suffered <laughs> mentally. I didn't suffer physically. I suffered mentally for hours and hours and hours. And it gave me a whole new set of things to focus on for, you know, from 2018 into 2019 uh, when I ended up going back. So... Yeah, it was it was a whole new learning experience that that second year over the first year. Yeah. And then the third year over the second year was just yeah. was experience. So I wouldn't give it back for the world. That That's awesome. I bet I bet that finish line was uh, that, you know, going back that that second year was was just that much. You're just sweet, I'm sure. <laughs> Man, I for anybody that's ever been on Sixth Street during the golden hour. Um, between nine and 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, like I can, I can still feel the energy. I can feel the cheers. I could like, people were yelling your name. Um, I had my boys with me. I had my crew oh, man. with me and I can still feel every single bit of energy and noise and I can hear the voices and, um, just it's so beautiful to spend that last hour watching all of these people that have worked so hard not for 30 hours some of them for 30 years yeah to get to that finish line and to spend that last mile just being welcomed into the leadville family there's nothing more special than that and it's so beautiful if you know, and that's probably one of the reasons I'm bummed the most about this year is when when the world needs so much positivity yes. and love, yeah. we're taking away some of the most humanistic things that we could possibly take away from because there's so much hope, yeah. there's so much love in that last mile and in the race series in the town. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a special place and yeah. uh, it'll always be a part of my heart. That's awesome, man. I can't, I can't wait to, to experience. Well, next year, cause I defer, I had to defer silver rush. I'll be at silver rush next year. And who knows, maybe, uh, 
maybe Leadville pretty, you know, the Leadville hundred pretty soon. I've got to get, uh, I've got, I've got a lot of deferred races to get through next. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I understand that. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. I was going to do Leadman this year. Like that was, that oh, was my whole man. summer. So, uh, I've been teaching myself how to ride a bike, um, Dude, since awesome. December. And, uh, so that's, that's, I don't know. Gives me an extra year to learn how to ride a bike, I guess. There you go. A lot, <laughs> lot more time to get out there and practice it all, man. Yeah. Yep. That's that's amazing, man. Uh, well, I I got to do um, Western States this last year, and I ran, I ran, I shared some miles with Dave Mackey, and um, oh. dude. So, so for him to come back from you know uh, amputation uh, to to do the to do the lead man and everything, man. That's yeah. That's that's inspiring. That's what I that's what our world needs right now, man. Inspiration, you know. People, yeah. people doing things, you know, at the finish line and, and people working towards something, you know, when we're all stuck and can't do anything, man. <laughs> I know it. I know it. I keep telling people outside is not closed. Like, <laughs> yes, there's, I know. <laughs> there is fresh air. There is freedom out there. And, uh, uh I'm taking that opportunity, man. Like I, I've, I can't I've been seeing still. your pictures, man. I've been seeing them. I'm jealous, dude. I'm <sighs> in here. I'm here in hot Oklahoma. I <laughs> <laughs> i'll be making some trips soon though <laughs> yeah man hit me up i just i was in uh uray and telluride this past uh, week to 10 days i ran part of the hard rock course um oh, that man. was oh there's there's water up there that i don't know if in, like maybe a thousand humans have seen before i mean it's <laughs> it's so crystal clear uh oh. and it's still frozen i mean like some of that water is still frozen it was beautiful um yeah oh gosh like that's i'm taking that opportunity because this might be the only time in the in the world i get to do that so um yeah like and i love just being above ten thousand feet it's it's amazing so yeah yeah well i'm gonna hit you up when when uh when i head that way and if you know if you got some time we'll we'll go catch some miles together man that'd be awesome dude i will i will make time <laughs> yeah so so gary tell me you said you, you're doing coaching now and uh tell, tell me about what you're doing now and share with with the listeners uh you know who who want to know more about what you know what you're doing and services you offer and all man awesome yeah um so i i do coaching speaking and content creation and okay. uh, i do it for a company called just think and uh, it's business coaching life coaching and fitness coaching and so I kind of, it's hard to do one without the other. Um, especially like, you know, if you're working on fitness, there's generally other parts of life that, you know, need to be modified. So it's all about putting all of it together. Um, I published two books, um, in the past 90 days. So, um, that's been a big thing for me. Those are on Amazon. Uh, first one is corner, uh, corner of sunshine and hope. And it's a, uh, it's a little bit cognitive behavioral therapy, a little bit, uh, guided self-coaching and a little bit of my story kind of all put together, but it's my introduction to journaling and journaling is the reason I am alive today. And mm. it goes through my journaling process on how to overcome overwhelming thoughts and, um, kind of put your, put your head, the five inches between our ears, take it off of whatever path it's on and put it on the right path. So it's super short, 25, 30 pages, something like that. And it's, it's short, concise, and I'm, you can put it in anybody's hands and it'll make a difference, uh, right away. Um, and then the other one, uh, songs of a mountain man. And that was just, um, it's a, it's a book of low poems and, uh, as much time as I spend in the mountains and, you know, just kind of by myself, it was, it was just something that I put together. Um, and it's just a positive book and I just love it. And, uh, I'm just fun. And I, I wrote another one the last seven to 10 days, so I'm going to get it uh, put together and get it published. So I don't have a name for it, but. Um, that'll come as, as time goes. So nice, yeah, just nice. writing and coaching and, uh, speaking, you know, speaking has kind of been down with all this other stuff, but it'll come back and, yeah. um, yeah, if you ever, if anybody has a question or if they want to meet, um, they can send me an email or hit me up on my website, just garystotler.com or outrunyourexcuses.com. And I'd be happy to set up a consultation and see if we're a good fit together. Nice, nice, yeah, and I'll make sure that um, uh, on the show notes we'll have your your all your social media and stuff, so people can see the, the mountains you're running in and be jealous and all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Man, there's uh, oh, there's nothing I haven't seen anything like that before this past yeah. week. It's absolute <laughs> beauty, man. It's absolute beauty. Well, we, we you know in in the world today with everything, it 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 can be really easy 
to, to spiral down and be negative. But man, there is so much to live for, so much beauty to take in, so much to enjoy. I mean, God gave us an amazing world to explore, to be in, to enjoy, to crisp air to breathe, man. And so, I mean, there's always positive, always. Um, you just got to find it. You know, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Open your eyes and say yes. And everything else will kind of unveil itself as needed. So, yeah, man. Well, Gary, I know I know our if our paths crossed in in Louisiana, what what what? How did you end up in Louisiana anyway? Was there was there something there that uh, so I used to be a part of um, it was a like an online run group. And at that oh, okay. time, I was part of that group. So I okay. went down and I ran with them and okay. that, that kind of part of my life has passed, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's cool. I ended up knowing Like I knew a bunch of guys that were doing it. So I went yeah. down and just brought the whole costume. Cause why not? Like, yeah, <laughs> <do> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> that's all. Okay, exactly. cool. I was just wondering. Well, man, I thank you for, for sharing your story and, um, looking forward to seeing, you know, more of your pictures and, uh, hopefully we'll share some dirt before too Absolutely. long, man. Yeah. Hit me up. I'm, I'm down, uh, down anytime. All right, man. Well, thanks hey, for having thanks, me. Thanks for taking the time, brother. Well, there you have it, guys. I hope that you are inspired by the amazing journey of Gary Stotler. Uh, I'll have the links in the show notes, uh, how you can get in touch with him, his website and uh, social media pages, so you can follow along on his adventures. And man, some of the places that he's been running lately are gorgeous. Yeah, totally jealous. I, I need to repent. Uh, I'm just jealous of where everybody gets to run. Anyway, guys, hope you're doing well. Uh, uh, pray for me while this comes out. Uh, I will be in the process of running 100 miles on pavement in Owasso, Oklahoma. And um, it's supposed to be a little warm, a lot humid. Uh, we'll see what happens. So <laughs> hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're getting some miles in. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye.